leadership in cybersecurity isn't just about understanding threats. It's about leading a team to navigate them with confidence. At CPF Coaching LLC, we specialize in taking your leadership skills to the next level. With over 15 years in the cybersecurity field, we empower professionals and startups to reach unprecedented heights. Imagine having a personalized coaching experience tailored to your unique career ambitions. From strategic planning to masterful pitch and interview preparations, we're here to guide you through every challenge. Join us for our unique value proposition workshops or dive into our vibrant learning community for continuous skill advancement. Don't just be a part of the industry. Redefine it. Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching LLC today and schedule your strategic session. Ready to make your mark in cybersecurity? Join us as a sponsor for the Breaking into Cybersecurity series and get in front of both the candidates, senior leaders, and the companies you target. Our program helps you hone your skills, gain practical experience, and build connections that will set you up for a successful career in this exciting field. Don't miss out. Subscribe now and email info at cpf-coaching.com. Welcome to another episode of Breaking into Cybersecurity, where we talk to individuals who have broken into the field so that they can share the tips and tricks of their journey to help inspire the next generation. If you're listening to this show, feel free to share it after the fact with any friends and family that might be interested in joining the field because we need that diverse perspective in order to tackle the problems of future generations. Today, we have Mike Lossman, who's coming from us from a very interesting background. And the, the reason I say that is that having talked to him before, I know we have quite a story in, in, we have quite a story in tune for you today. Mike, welcome, do you welcome everybody. Give us a Mike, do you want to give us a little background about yourself? Sure. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone who's listening. As Chris said, my name is Mike Lossman. I am currently a technical product marketing manager with uh, Forward Networks. If you guys don't know who Forward Networks is, think of what we do is we create uh, a digital twin of your network infrastructure, and it allows you to be able to get insights from your network that you were never able to before and reduce a mean time to recovery and a mean time to insights dramatically. Prior to forward, this is where the buckle up part comes in. I have been all over the place. So I was a senior network architect for a bunch of Fortune 150s. One that I'll name drop is uh, the Coca-Cola company. From Coke, I went into sales. So I was a senior sales engineer at both Ursa Networks and uh, Nokia, focusing on their SD-WAN product line. From there, being in sales wasn't crazy enough, so I decided to go into consulting. So I was a tech consulting manager at Ernest & Young, where I focused on uh, digital transformation, specifically SD-WAN, and helping organizations on their zero-trust journey. And completely switched careers and decided to get into to marketing. Wow. Let's take a, a step way, way back. What, what got you interested into tech and security or any of it? So I've always been the type of person to tinker with something. Ever since I can remember, I remember my mom telling me stories of, so I'm like originally from New York. I don't know what McDonald's looked like in other parts of the U.S., but when I was a child, they had this big metal grimace that looked like a kid jail and it would rock back and forth 
And uh, instead of being in the kid jail, rocking back and forth, I was under it trying to figure out how the spring worked, how everything actuated. When I was six or seven, uh, I decided to put a sign up on our front door saying that I could fix your like electronics and just progressed from there. I've always been like interested in everything like technology related. And it wasn't back when I got into the field in early 2000. It was really hard to get into to the point where people were telling me we don't hire people without experience. You need a college degree. So I went out and did the college thing, came back. Oh, now I'm overqualified because I have a master's in, in network security. So now it's like, all right, I did all this because you told me to get a degree. Granted, when I do things, I do, I like do things big. I just don't go, oh, bachelor's, I'll stop. I just always go for that next level. And then decided to take the certification road, hide my master's degree on my resume and wound up probably finishing with well over 42 certifications. That's not a lot. I know it's an easy weekend's worth of work, right? So if you weren't overqualified with a master's, what did they tell you? 42 certifications was over the span before I got into the sales world until I got to Nokia, where I did a couple of certifications there. So I started off small, right? So I, in the enterprise world, I just didn't walk into a shop and go, Hey, I'm a network guy or I'm a security guy. This is what I want to do. I started at the ground. So I walked in actually. I started at Best Buy as a in-store tech supervisor before the Geek Squad took them over. When the Geek Squad took them over, I used to be a big dude and they wanted me at 300 plus pounds to fit in that little VW bug. And I laughed at them and said, that's not happening. So started out at Best Buy, went into PC tech roles at several law firms where I was exposed to different parts of the infrastructure. So I was exposed to security. I was exposed to server work. I was exposed to the system side. I was exposed to networking. I gravitated towards the networking. Security was interesting, at least in security back in like the early 2000s, right? We're talking about IDSs. We're talking about firewalls. We're not talking about some of the stuff that we have to do today with identity and advanced segmentation and stuff like that. Uh, and then tested. As I moved up working in, working in different areas until I found that niche in networking where a lot of the networking roles I had were dual split. So it's like security would set the policy and then we would apply the policy on the device. So the security guys, like we shared responsibility of a lot of the security devices that we were actually uh, playing around with and a lot of things you don't see. You don't see a lot of network guys and security guys seeing eye to eye on a lot of things. It was my goal to make sure that any security guy I spoke to, him and I or her and I had that mutual understanding that, listen, I'm not here to step on you. I would hope you're not here to step on me. Let's try to work together because at the end of the day, we have one goal and that's to make sure that our resources are secure. And it's not a contest to see, oh, because I'm in this part of the infrastructure and you're just some packet jockey, it's like working together. And I've always taken that stance everywhere I've been. And I think that's part of the key to at least the success that I had is don't let your ego overrule 
or don't let your ego get in the way of what other people are there to help you with or to help you get through your daily job. That's, that's so true. I, I think that's one of the things that I've also tried to do is I go in with a, a coaching approach where mm-hmm. we're, we're having a conversation and we're there to find best mutual solution for that's it. what we're trying to achieve versus one person being right and the other one being wrong. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a zero sum game. It's one of those things where it's like, you can be the loudest person in like the conference room. What's that going to do for the issue that you guys are working on or the issue that you guys are troubleshooting? You're allowed. The security guy's loud. The infrastructure guy's loud. You're just going to argue with each other for hours over who's right. Just come to that commonality and figure it out together. You're network focused and you understand that the perspectives of security and then why sales? So one funny thing about me that very few people know, and a lot of people are going to know after today, when I was in the enterprise world, so when I was with We'll just pick out Coke. I was the guy sitting in the corner, just taking notes, nodding my head, not really saying anything. I had always wanted to go into the sales world because in my mind, I had pinnacles set up of my career. Coke was the pinnacle of the enterprise career. It's you can't get, at least in like my mind, a lot of people may argue with me. You can't be the company where their logo sorry, where their logo is recognized in every country in the world. To me, that's the pinnacle. I always wanted to get into sales because I was getting bored playing around one like infrastructure. So it's, hey, let me go into sales. The SD-WAN world is a amalgamation of networking and security. So let's see what I can get into in sales. Versa, Versa picked me up from Coke. Did a lot of cool things with them. Saw a lot of infrastructure, was able to help a lot of organizations on their SD-WAN journey when SD-WAN was still new in people's minds. But it was always, I've never been someone to hoard data, especially if it's an on-call rotation and someone below a tier two or a tier three guy can do the work. I never held anything back. It's like, you want to learn? I'll teach you whatever you want to learn. And I think moving from enterprise to sales afforded that opportunity with a little extra stress on the back end because there's numbers and all that other stuff you have to worry about. That really wasn't forefront in my head when I was thinking about doing it. But yeah, it's that knowledge share and being able to talk about technology that I'm passionate about. Many people wouldn't see that as a logical move. What were the, what was the value add in your mind of doing this now after the fact? So now seeing how my career has laid out, ultimately it was a building block to get to where I am today. I always had in the back of my mind, once I got into sales, I wanted to do something like technical marketing or consulting. It was one of those either or type of things with me. And when I went into sales and I got that experience, right? You're only to, to me, it's if you're in one company, you're only bound by what that one company wants to do, which may or may, which like may or may not be good to me. It's wanting to learn everything I could learn moving into sales, starting to build how to talk to people. One of the funny stories that I'll share is one of the first presentations I did at Versa was actually to my account manager 
and SE number one, because they were still a, a new startup when I had joined in uh, 2017. And I'll never forget my, who, the guy who turned out to be my uh, account manager sat down with me after the fact, and he looked at me and he's like, I don't know why we hired you. He's like, you really can't present to save your life. I don't know why I live here. I don't know. I don't know who you duped to get here. He's, you were constantly saying some words under your breath you shouldn't have been saying. You had some really awkward pauses during your presentation and you loved using the word. He's in a minute span, I counted 77 ums. I'm like, oh, well, that's a good way to beat somebody down and let them know that they made a wise career move. But then with practice, I honed it. And then that kind of, that's, that's what led me into Nokia. They came along and they were like, hey, listen, we want to take you. You're an enterprise guy, similar to what Versa did, where it's I'm, I'm relatable to the network person or like the secured person who's buying. Let's put you in another role where now you've got to talk to CIOs, CEOs, monster conglomerate people to get them to understand why they need to invest in our like platform because their go-to-market was through service providers where Versa was uh, direct to consumer. So now it's an even more completely different world. It was fun. There were, there was like a lot of cool things going on there that they were working on, but something just didn't feel right. And it, it turned me off to the, the sales experience, me personally. And I was actually, they slid into my DMS. So I get a probably about two years into my stay at Nokia, I get a, a, a DM on LinkedIn from a EY recruiter and I'm thinking it's fake, right? Why would a big four consulting company come for a guy who has some enterprise experience and has some sales experience, zero, zero consulting experience. I could spell it. That's probably it. I've dealt with them before, but so. I had thought that he had wanted me for EY internal IT. And I was like, no, I don't want to go back into the enterprise world. I've already been there. He's like, we want you for a tech consulting manager. And I'm like, oh, so going from someone who couldn't present to save his life to being a tech consulting manager at EY, like in a, what was that? A four and a half year span really opened up my eyes as to what the future could look like. and where my future could go. Oddly enough, that was one of the more harder interviews I've had. There was one gentleman who interviewed me who went like really insanely crazy into BGP. And I'm somewhat competent in BGP because of what I've done in the past. But yeah, it was just a completely different animal. Joined, quickly realized that consulting is good for a lot of people. Maybe not someone with the background that I had. I did get to talk a lot about technology without having to worry about the vendor side of it. So I could talk about SD-WAN for what SD-WAN is, not what a vendor spin on it is. I could talk about zero trust for what zero trust truly is and not what certain vendors that play in the zero trust space want you to believe that zero trust is. So that piece was cool. Being able to extrapolate the vendor part and actually talk about what it's supposed to do was, was really cool. 
had a lot of cool projects there where I can't get into too much detail on this, but I did work a ransomware recovery, which led me to have a greater appreciation for certain security aspects, for certain aspects of zero trust. And then I was doing research for another client that I was working and I stumbled across forward because in my head, there was a certain platform that was used before to do things like this. When I Google forward was number one in Google and I'm like, oh, this company is interesting. Let me see what they're about and fell in love immediately with everything that I saw about them applied for a different role than the role I got was told, Hey, you don't qualified for this one. Sorry. And I'm like, oh, right back again to right back again to 2004. Thanks. And fortunately he was like, Hey, we have this other role that we think you'd be perfect for, which is the role I wound up getting and taking where I started moving up in the enterprise world, messing around in sales, jumping to consulting to learn that piece of it, to just read presentation skills, talking skills and all that. Now landing where I am at forward, this is the culmination of an 18 year journey. It's not something that happened overnight. I have, I've talked to a few people who want to get into to cybersecurity and they're looking for the quick way to make a buck. And I'm like, that's the stigma that cybersecurity networking programming, you name the IT discipline. That's the stigma that you get with it, but that stigma is false. And if you go into, if you go into a career like this, with that stigma where I just want to make pockets of cash and swim around like Scrooge McDuck, you're not going to have a rewarding career. I switched, I switched disciplines three, four times in my career. And there were some good days where I'm like, oh, this is really cool. There were some, there were more bad days where it's, oh, why did I do this to myself? But ultimately it's what turned me into what I am today and what I'm able to talk about people, a network guy being able to talk security, a network guy being able to talk infrastructure and then have commonality with them and not be in a conference room and be like, oh, I'm the guy who builds your road. Stop throwing this app on it. Or, hey, security guy, I don't like the, I don't, I don't like the fact that your vulnerability scanner makes my router tip over every night at two o'clock in the morning. So. I guess one of the things that I, I love for more junior folks to understand is what a product marketing person does, or even a product manager might do in their, in the overall ecosystem and why it's a, such a critical role. So a majority of folks you find in this role are somewhat technical, mostly marketing focused. And they go in and they, they, not to speak bad of folks who are in this role, but I've heard some product marketing people before who were like, oh yeah, my widget does things this way. And they don't correlate it to anything. They don't correlate it to how it'll make my job easier. They try to, and they flash pretty screens. You know, what I came into this role doing and forward has been extremely supportive with how I want to do it is taking my background from consulting, from what I've learned in sales, from what I've learned in the enterprise and making it 
making everything seem more accessible to the user. So it's my job is to educate the person who's looking at our platform and to show them how it could make their life a thousand times easier. But my philosophy in doing it is I put myself in situations and situations that I've been in before where I wish I had something like this and show you that, hey, this complex hybrid cloud troubleshooting that you need to figure out where a firewall is broken or where something is broken that could normally take days to figure out, depending on how tight you are with the teams that you're working with, that you could figure out in less than a minute and being able to articulate that, show it and actually give examples that the security guy, the network guy, the infrastructure guy could actually understand, I think is what makes a great tech product manager. I, I think that's such an important to be able to have is to step outside the box and put your mind in the mindset of the user and see what you're experiencing. Cause oftentimes it's, oh, why did they do this? Why did they do that? And put the blame on them rather than thinking, why did they do this? Did they do this because we were putting roadblocks in their way and made it too hard on them? And they did this because they needed to get their job done. And what could we do to help them complete their job without them breaking security policies or breaking security rules? Let, let's enable them rather than just exactly use controls as a way to block them. It's having that level of empathy to understand, even in the enterprise space, right? If you've moved up the level of empathy that you need to have dealing with a help desk guy who's getting screamed at nine times out of 10, anytime someone is calling into the help desk, because it's never good, excuse me, when something's broke, they're not going to say, oh, you do such a great job, John, by the way, my laptop is on fire and I don't know why it's on fire. We need to figure out why it's on fire and I can't get my work done. And Bill wants his TPS report tomorrow and I can't do it because my laptop is literally in flames. Nobody called the help desk and says, you know what? You do a great job. And I just wanted to let you know that. Goodbye. We tried turning it on and off again. Sorry. I <laughs> say that. So the old Microsoft three finger salute. Or there is an old British show uh, about a help desk and yes. that's all they did with a recorder. <laughs> yep. So Mike. You've gone through an illustrious career. What tips would you have for those looking to break in today? And what could they do to take advantage of some of the changes in the environment, changes in technology to hone their craft to get in today? I wish I was starting now because the amount of data that's out there that will help you that's free is insane. My recommendation and what I tell a lot of people is don't, because you see, oh, this guy does all this cool stuff or this guy does all that cool stuff. Look at it. So look at technology as a whole, watch some networking videos, watch some security videos, read some network blogs, read some security blogs, just try to get a narrowed down view of what you want to do. Okay. So now you want to get into we'll just say, we'll pretty much just say it's security. What side of security do you want to get into? Do you want to get into forensic security? Do you want to get into data security? Do you want to get into infrastructure security? Then from there, start picking out topics that you want to learn about. 
Use LinkedIn to your like advantage. Find people, connect with them, ask them questions. A lot of people on LinkedIn aren't these big, angry people that they may look like. A lot are willing to help, including me. If you want to come along, shoot me a message on LinkedIn. Be like, hey, I'm looking to break into the field. I need some advice. I would definitely help and be like, hey, start with kind of what I just laid out. Get a foundation of where you think you want to be and start learning about that specific technology stack. And maybe you're going to like it. Maybe you're not going to like it. And then you move on. Look for roles that'll get you in the door of a company. Help desk role, knock role, sock role, something that will get you in. So you can now that you know where you want to be. Now you're starting to understand how pieces work together, how tools work together. Once you're actually in an organization, it's a lot easier to move up and laterally than it is to if you're not. So once you get into an org, say you go into a SOC role and you're like, the security operations center really isn't for me. I thought I'd be like hunting down people trying to break into my infrastructure and all I am is looking at these Splunk reports and sending them off to the, the identity guys. So then when you take that, you learned, and then you could, depending on the reputation you've built for yourself in that company, by participating in other things, by having the willingness to learn, by reaching out to peers, then you can start navigating around to see where you want to ultimately end up. One of the first law firms I was in afforded me the opportunity to configure non-Cisco guy, non-network guy. Part of the PC tech's role was to configure switch ports, a Cisco switch. So being able to branch out, be like, hey, listen, if you need me to do this, I'm willing to learn it. And then they can give you completely, completely choked down permissions to just do that, that one thing so you can learn. And the end is just, it's a constant learning environment. If you're not in it to at least learn something new every day, then this may or may not be where you want to be because looking at 18 years, let's take that 18 years and let's shrink it down to the last five. The, the tech world has changed dramatically in the last five years. And if you're not willing to learn and keep up with it, or you have that mindset of, oh, you know what? I know BGP or I know how Palo Alto does security and all that stuff. I don't need to learn the next newest thing. You're going to find yourself sitting in the corner of my old iPhone, my old iPhone five, wondering yeah, why that, no one's going to hire you. That is very true. Mike, thank you for coming on, sharing yeah. your tips and tricks and thank uh, you for having me, Chris. Absolutely. Everyone, thank you. And be sure to share this with your friends and family that might be interested in breaking into the industry. And again, Mike Lossman, thank you for joining us. No worries. Thanks again. In the rapidly evolving world of cybersecurity, your business needs a guide that's as dynamic as the threats you face. CPF Coaching LLC delivers unparalleled expertise to elevate your cybersecurity startup or business with a decade and a half of specialized experience. We're not just advisors. We're your strategic partners in growth and risk mitigation. Our tailored advisory services range from immediate hourly guidance to comprehensive three or six month packages, all supported with encrypted messaging for real-time assistance. For more information, cpfcoaching.com is your destination. Forge a path to success and distinction in the cybersecurity landscape. Connect with CPF Coaching LLC today and secure your business's future.